Welcome back to the Kendra's Treasures podcast. Today I have a very special guest with me, and I know I say all my guests are very special, and they are. Um, her name is Cree. She I call her Coach Cree. Some of you might know her as Coach Cree on her Instagram. Um, she is a fitness lifestyle influencer, and I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about that. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. My name is like Kendra said, it's Coach Cree. You can follow me on all platforms at Recreated with two E's, R-E-C-R-E-E-A-T-E-D. I am a 28-year-old Atlanta native. Um, I went to Georgia State University for exercise science. I also went to Atlanta Technical College for dental hygiene. And I just grew up loving sports, loving everything about fitness, and now I'm monetizing that. So <laughs> I have two daughters and one is five months, the other one is four years old, yep. and they're part of my platform just a little bit too. So yep. we'll be talking more about that and everything that I do today. Okay, Karee. So what or who inspired you to become a fitness influencer? Um, It definitely started with my mom. Okay. My mom had me as at a young age, and she was a yoga teacher for 20 years of my life. So I grew up going to having a little baby yoga mat mm -hmm. and going to LA fitnesses around Atlanta with her. Okay. Um, and I just got to really get into the fitness industry like that, like meeting different people, seeing different people doing different things. And it was something that was always a part of my life to keep me out of trouble. I was in different sports. Right. I was seeing my mom go to classes on the weekends and teaching classes. So fitness was always just the foundation for me. Right. So I know you were in some of the sports. Like I saw you post your picture of your cheerleading days. So what were some of the sports that you were in? Um, dance was the first thing that I've ever did besides yoga. So um, dance Yoga were the first things I did at like five years old. Then I got into gymnastics and then I got into karate. Um, okay. Those are what I've done the longest. I also did track and field for most of my life. I got into softball, cross country and cheerleading in high school. But I love them all the same. Like, right. <laughs> so. Right. So I played softball mm -hmm. from second grade up until the first semester of my freshman year of college. And yes. then I quit. Because I did not like waking up at 5 o'clock in the morning to go do workouts. <laughs> uh, in college, like, yeah. you know, like, you're trying to have a good time. So, and for me, that was just like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. But I guess I should have gave everybody a little bit of backstory about how we met. Because yeah. I met you at a gym. Yeah. Um, X, yeah, we <laughs> met at X3. Um, and we were doing, I think I met you. You were doing all of it. You did, like, I think I saw you do Muay Thai that day. And then you mm -hmm. came and did jujitsu. That was when mm -hmm. I was heavy in the jujitsu game. Love jujitsu. Yeah. It's such a good. You were better life. than me, but <laughs> I always loved going to class with you. It I was good, though. Me. It was good. I mean, I was good then. Now I'm trash on the mats. But <laughs> <laughs> we have had two babies. Right. The same. My bodies are not the same. Yes, that's so true. Um, but, yeah, I definitely like that you like to keep it active and you switch it up a lot on your social media so yeah. like if you're not following her already please please go follow her because yes. she's doing some amazing things on there and we're going to talk a lot more about that but I just want to put that out there so I want you to tell us a little bit about how difficult it is to kind of break into the business of being an influencer and how how competitive is it or is it competitive it's actually not difficult at all. Okay. So I started off with an app and it was the, it's literally called Influencer. I-N-F-L-U-S-T-E-R. Okay. You sign up for it and they send you free what they call box boxes. Um, you do a survey and depending on different campaigns, they'll send you free things just to do reviews. 
You can post it on social media. You will get more points for that. But you can do everything on the app. And you don't have to pay for shipping. You don't have to pay for anything. You just have to fill out the survey when they send it to your email. But they usually have to do everything within a week. So you have to fill the survey out by Friday 11.59 to be considered. And once you're considered, um, you'll get the notification that it's on the way. And you have to say, hey, I received it. Take a picture or do whatever on the app. And then you can do the additional things for extra points. The more you do everything they ask you to do, the more boxes you get. So I would, I think the first major one I got was from Carol's daughter oh, and I from Shane Moisture. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it was, it wasn't Watch Day Wonder, Watch Day Delight. I got that later, but I, I've gotten so many things. It really started on the free app. And then from there, the brands noticed me and they started reaching out to my actual Instagram instead of going through the app. Okay. And you just start building those relationships from being sent free products. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So uh, the biggest thing is just knowing how to pitch, knowing how to know your analytics, how to share your analytics, and how to make yourself marketable for brands because word-of-mouth marketing is so huge. It is. Especially during COVID. Yeah. We're not in the stores and we're not, you know, going to those events that we used to go to. Um, everything's on social media because that's what mostly everyone's doing right now. So it's, it's not hard. It's just a matter of being dedicated, consistent, and starting. Okay. So, that's awesome. I never heard of influencer. <laughs> yeah. I never heard of that. That's a good like you're so for me like I, I, outside looking in. Mm-hmm. You're so like nifty when it comes to <laughs> figuring out figuring out ways to market yourself. Like a couple week months maybe weeks ago, we had like a joke going in the text thread about how I said you were the marketing queen, and mm-hmm. I like put the crown like Beyonce <laughs> holding the crown. Like that is you. Like I have to like sometimes like I take pages out of your book when I'm marketing my own stuff and for I my want people too. Honestly, I don't want to like just sit on a whole bunch of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to share it. I want to help people. I want people to use what they see me do because I learned everything on my own. I didn't have a team. I literally used the resources from the people around me. I have friends who went to school for marketing, so I would ask them questions. And now they're at the point where they ask me questions. Right. So it's like it's one of those things where I, I like to just share the information because what am I going to hold it all in my head for? Right. So Right. That's kind of like with... Uh, my waist bead business, I do, I give all the information on my YouTube page of how to make waist beads, what you should and should not buy. Like, and it's funny because when I got into waist beads, I couldn't find a video. Right. Like I couldn't find a video on how to do nothing. I couldn't find anything. I took a class um, with this woman who does these classes called waist beads and libations. And she teaches you how to make them in the class. But nice. yeah, but she didn't really have like a uh, her social media following wasn't really huge, right. um, and her she didn't really have like a how to page like after that. Yeah. Um, so if you take the class, you learn. But if you don't, you didn't. But even in the class, I didn't get everything I needed. I felt like I needed from the class yeah. because um, I didn't know learn exactly like what the needle was called that I was using. I just knew what it looked like, and mm-hmm. like I'm kind of I'm I don't have like a photographic memory, but I can see things and remember them. Mm-hmm. So like that's how I kind of remembered what it looked like, what it felt like, so that. I knew what to go get but it took me a couple tries like I went through a couple different things so anyways I say all that to say people get caught up I feel like in just any business industry especially when you're being an entrepreneur being a small business owner of holding things back because they don't want people to know their ideas but like sometimes for certain things like 
it's at a point where, like, yeah, I make waist beads, and you can learn how to make waist beads, and we all can eat. Like, it doesn't have to be that competitive. Exactly. So, um, I know one thing that we were going to talk about is having a niche. Like, mm-hmm. you just, like, and that's why I love to collaborate with people, because right. your followers and my followers are not the same followers. We have different that's people true. we target. We have different people who are attracted to us. So, like, for me, it's going to be right now in my life in 2020, I just had a baby, so a lot of my new followers are from postpartum moms. Right. Um, I still have five years ago, I have my MMA following. Mm-hmm. Five years before that, I have my college athlete following. So I have to find ways to connect to all of them because they're still all my audiences. But right now, I just had a baby. So the most, the most impact and the most engagement I get is based off that mommy and me right. postpartum home workout type of thing especially in covid like everyone's at home nobody was going to the gym for the longest right oh excuse me so yeah that's like um just knowing your audience too that's why i don't think like you know i don't have a problem with supporting other fitness influencers like you'll see me commenting on all kinds of people pages Mm -hmm. all the time like i have no problem being supportive and giving credit where it's due because we don't reach the same people right we won't right so there's no reason for us to compete because we're not competition. Right, exactly. And I was watching, I don't know, have you ever watched the show T-Pain School of Business? Not T-Pain's, no. Oh, okay. Well, T-Pain, that's I think that's cool. what it's called, T-Pain School of Business. And I don't remember what network it comes on, but um, it was this guy who, like, uh, he sells some type of, sh- like, shoes or some something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and he, and T-Pain asked him, like, okay, so, you know, such and such sells shoes like this, too. And um, what about, how do you feel about sharing your ideas or something like that? And the guy was like, well, yeah, I share my ideas. He was like, because just because I give you my idea doesn't mean that you're going to be able to pull it off the way I'm going to pull it off. At all. It don't mean you're going to mm-hmm. be able to finesse the way I'm going to finesse. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, I never, I have never heard a more true statement. And yeah. I was like, wow, that is true. And so, like, that kind of pushed me to be like, you know what, I'm just going to give them all the tea on how to make these waist beads. If you do well, yep. do well. Exactly. And I'm going to support you. Like, And I had to learn that because I used to take it personally when people I knew stole my ideas right. and did it. And then I got to the point where it's like my post did way better. Yeah. Like, you stole it and you had more followers and it didn't even perform well. So right. it was like... I used to be mad about it, and now I had to flip it and get flattered because it's like, dang, right. I'm influencing people who are way bigger than me now. Right. And the numbers will come, but your numbers won't come if you're constantly having to copy other people. Right. And it just is what it is. Block right. and move on. Like, right. You choose your battles, and my battle is never going to have to be being creative, especially right. in this space. So. Right. Yeah, definitely. You definitely think around <laughs> around the box, outside the box, through mm-hmm. the box, under the box, like any oh, box. Yeah. You, you out of the box. <laughs> you have to be. And I think uh, another thing, especially if you're trying to grow your platform, is you can't give people the same thing all the time because right. people get bored. And you'll see, especially with my pages... Okay, I give different workouts, yes, but I give it to you in different ways. I mm-hmm. might post it in an Instagram TV. I might do it on a reel. I right. might do it in a regular You love reels. <laughs> I do love reels, but reels is because reels end up on the Explore page. So okay. I get a lot of followers from people seeing me on the Explore page. Mm-hmm. And nothing else hits the Explore page like a reel will for me. Okay. It just depends. Um, that's what's pushed in the algorithm, and you also have to flow with the algorithm. Right. So, uh, yeah, when TikTok was going to be banned... Instagram pushed reels really hard. Right. So uh, I got over a thousand followers in a month 
because of reels. Really? I wasn't posting workouts. Really? See, I don't, yeah, like I saw you saw I made the comment. I was like, I don't do reels, but I do do TikTok. So, (laughs) but you were like, do a reel. Literally copy and paste your TikToks to your reels. People will still love it. For Instagram, it will boost you for whatever reason. You have to use every single way to master that algorithm. Otherwise, you fall behind. We got to figure out how to do a reel right now. <laughs> we, have, we, we can do the um, waist beats tying reel. Okay, we'll do that. So y'all be <laughs> on the lookout for that. All right, Chris, so here's another question. So I already know you're conscious about the amount of content as mm-hmm. well as the quality of the content that you share. But give us a little insight about how much content you post daily. Also, explain the importance <laughs> of the engagement with your followers because you love to talk about this. Yes. So I post three or four times a day. Not all the time. Sometimes I might post once. Sometimes I might post twice. But since I've been consciously growing my platform mm-hmm. and I wanted organic growth, I post at least three times a day. My, I know what time my, my followers are looking at the app. I can see all of my analytics. Anybody can who has a business profile. Right. So I know for the most part, most of my people are up around 7 to 8 a.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time to about 6 to 7 p.m. So my posts are going to be somewhere between that so they at least see it. Um of course, you're going to have, you know, people who see it outside of that. But that's just when you have the most eyes on your app. Right. And when you want to pu- push stuff because stuff boosts and goes further when you get a lot of those likes and engagement within the first few hours. So, I typically, I'll take one day and make it into two weeks of content. Okay. But... You have to know how to, one, spread it out because, like I said, people get tired of looking at the same thing. Right. So even if I have a workout and I might record the warm-up, I might record the cool-down, and I might record the whole entire workout. But because people see me in that outfit, they won't like it the second two times they see it. So I have to either take my hoodie off, put a hoodie on, literally change one little thing so they don't think they've already seen it and just scroll past it. Oh. I also will take a picture. I usually take a picture because pictures get way more engagement than videos. Right. Even though I'm a workout influencer, the picture is going to tell people about the workout. So you'll see me post a picture in a video of the same outfit in the same day. But if I have another part of the video, um, another part of the workout, like a cool down or a warm up, right. I'll post that like two weeks later. Okay. When people have forgotten that outfit and then I can bring it back up. Like, <laughs> hey, here's a warm up. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of things that you have to play with. And I just had to learn because I used to post all of my content together. Like if I did a photo shoot, I would post 10 pictures. And I had to learn like one... I can spread that content out. You definitely and can. Two, especially when you're paying photographers and yeah, paying and, and yeah, because I have a nine to five. So yeah, I spread out because people are still seeing pictures of me and braids, and I haven't had braids in for a month. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know? But those are some good photos, though. Thank you. From yeah. a photographer to whoever your photographer was, those were good photos. Rich is an amazing. Um, he's on the south side too. I okay. definitely love both of y'all's work. But, yeah, you just have to learn how to make it work for you. Yeah. And one thing, people hate redundancy, even when I do flyers. Like, okay. say I'm promoting a class or a Instagram live workout session. Right. I could use the same, I could have two different flyers, but because my outfit was the same, people think they already saw it. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe I had a workout this week on um, Instagram live and a workout next week. But they won't even realize that it's a new flyer because they think they've seen it already. Right. So you have to change up something completely. Right. Even when you're promoting the same day. I might have two flyers for one event because people will... 
they'll either scroll past it the first time and not want to do anything with it. But the second time they might actually read it if it looks different to them. Right. So you have to do things like that. And that's just something I've learned from posting every day and <laughs> growing my platform. Yeah. Um, people don't like to see the same thing the same way all the time. Right. Like I had to learn that on my page. Yeah. Like I used to just post pictures of me with like of displaying waist beads. Yeah. And then when I decided to start the podcast, I was like, well, I don't really want to create a whole new page. Mm -hmm. I was like, so I guess I can switch it up. And like I started getting a whole lot more engagement when I started posting more pictures, like random, not random pictures, but like, you know, pictures of waist beads and pictures of like me recording the podcast or pictures of me or videos. Like I posted my TikTok. My TikTok got a lot of engagement. You know what people like too? People like the quotes and stuff, mm-hmm. stuff that they can relate to and they can repost on their stories. That's true. That's all. Anything that you can get saved, mm-hmm. shared, or commented on is the goal. So even if, like, sometimes I'll post something knowing it won't get 100 likes. Mm-hmm. But the caption or something that, that's happening in the video or picture, people will repost it. And my engagement goes crazy. Right. And that helps your impressions because more eyes are on it because now all of their followers see it from their stories. And they might click on it. And they might not follow you not right. that day but the more that they see you mm-hmm. eventually they will so that helps too especially when you're pitching the brands like yeah maybe I only got 50 likes on this photo but fifty thousand people saw it right so right that's brands true care about that that's true i posted a i had i figured out a way to do like a snip from my podcast and have it there yeah you did it you shared it and um but like it got a lot of engagement a lot of likes so i'm still weighing my options of whether i want to pay for that or not but like yeah it got a lot because when i look at okay i'm into the music industry too Mm -hmm. and i look at how the rappers and and song artists and things what they're doing they don't just post flyers anymore. Right. All of their flyers are either A, have video behind it, or B, have sound behind it and mm-hmm. movement. Right. So people like that. It just looks more tech savvy to them. It's like having a commercial within the app mm-hmm. for yourself, whatever you're doing. And when you have movement in the stories, that people don't have to go click on the post. They already know what's happening within that 15 seconds. Right. So whatever you can do to keep people engaged, I always say monetize off of it. Um because why not? Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? I mean, do yeah, so true. That's so true. Uh, it's so true. But I just was like, oh, God, do yeah. I really want to do this? But yeah, I no, I definitely do. <laughs> I understand, right? <laughs> no reason why not. Because what was working before that? Uh, I think before that, um, just posting the different little, you've seen my little flyers and posters, yeah. that when I change the backgrounds of them or if I use different fonts, I yeah. notice like they get different engagements. Like I said, people don't want to yeah. see the same exact one over and over again. Right. These little changes and they'll be like, oh, that's new. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that's so true. Mind. That's true. <laughs> it is. It's like psychology hacks, but yeah. like for business. Yeah. I feel like maybe business owners should take psychology classes so they could figure that out. I think there, there are ways to um, understand like your customer more. I don't know exactly what they call it, but there's definitely a way to 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 understand the customer and the consumer's point of view. I right. remember that from selling cell phones. Right. You've had a lot of jobs too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I haven't even known you all your life. Like I've just known you and just like like maybe like what? We've I've known you for like maybe the two or three past years. 5 years. Is is that it's been 5 years cuz yeah. I knew you before you had your first baby. Yeah. Oh shit. Both of you, we, we, we both had kids, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy to imagine a life before children. My mom said it to me one day. She was like, one day I'm going to ask you, and she was like, do you remember your life before you had kids? 
And she was like, I want you to remember that that question is coming. And I'm right. like, I always remember my life. At this point, barely. Yeah. <laughs> barely. Oh my barely. God, that seems so long ago, but it was five years ago. Yeah. So you kind of answered my other question about your target audience already, so I'm not going to ask you that one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so tell me about internet trolls, because I know oh. you've been dealing with that recently. Yes. When I hit 3K, I think the biggest thing was people saw my platform explode fast. Right. And they weren't able to handle it. And even me, I was kind of shocked my doggone self because mm-hmm. I had a goal to hit 3,000 followers. Um, because I had 1,000 followers when I had my daughter in June. I knew I was going to monetize my platform after having her. Right. That was already in the works since 2018. I knew I was going to be... Pla- um, I, I ended up getting pregnant. <laughs> and then I knew after my pregnancy, I was going to show my whole how I lost weight. Right. I was going to start a fitness business. I was going to do everything. My goal was to be a group fitness instructor. Okay. That was my goal for 2020. Yeah. COVID hit. Right. So I was just like, how do I still monetize my platform doing the fitness and lifestyle influencing? But I can't teach group classes. Right. So, of course, I went to school for exercise science, had the whole physical, um, physical personal trainer behind mm-hmm. me. And I thought that was cool. But again, I have a baby at home, so I'm not going to be personal training. Right. And I have a stalker. So yeah. I don't like personal training because people cross the line. Right. Um. Exercise is a passion for mine, but when it becomes a chore, I step away. Right. I let a lot of people go because it's not worth my, like, you know, you can't pay me enough for my peace of mind. Right. So um, that's why I like group fitness because I could do that a couple of times a week, make a couple hundred dollars, and I'm still living in my purpose and my passion. Mm -hmm. But personal training is very one-on-one and you chasing people around like a relationship all week. What did you eat today? What did you do? When are you going to work out? What's your excuse? Like, I don't don't like, honestly... (laughs) Like, you know, chasing people like that, especially when they don't take you seriously. Right, yeah. Which was my problem. I used to, when I was grinding in my early 20s in the whole fitness industry, I just got burnt out. And I was, a lot of my clients were people I knew personally, and they didn't take me seriously. Mm -hmm. They didn't listen to me, or they would take my content and monetize it for themselves. Okay. Had people steal my whole workout plans. And then post it for their followers and make workout guides about it. Oh. Yeah. That's kind of cutthroat, though. Like, (laughs) So that was, like, when I first stepped away from personal training. Like, I was like, wow. I didn't expect somebody I grew up with to do something like that. Right. Just because you have 100,000 followers, like, that's not right. Like, especially when... Yeah, so that was a whole situation. And then the second strike was when I had a stalker. Right. So it's like when you start dealing with things like that, it just makes you want to be like, no, I can't do this because I didn't even want to work out after dealing with that type of stuff. Right, that's a lot. So I stepped away completely, just started training for myself, and I stopped training people altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just came back to it because I've always been there. Like, it's always been, like I said, a foundation for my life, and now I can share it in a different way and realize, no. I will not be a personal trainer, but there's still ways I can make money from all that I've learned, especially after going to college for it. Yeah. Yeah. With the trolls, I I just had to learn, like, especially when I knew I had these large goals. I started looking at more brands and celebrities. There are certain things like Walmart, Cardi B, Meg Thee Stallion, even athletes, whatever they post within two minutes, they're going to have haters. 
Right. That means those people are literally following them to hate them. Period. And I had to start realizing that people moved like that. Yeah. And accept it. And I didn't think that I would see it at this point in my <laughs> career rise. Like, I thought I would see it hundreds of thousands of followers. Right. When you can just wipe, swipe away and right. just be like, oh, well, yeah, I'm whatever. I'm my page. Right. I have a whole manager who doesn't. And I just peek in once a week. Like, right. Like, hey, how y'all doing? Yeah. And respond to people. But I never thought I would see it with the following I have now. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I do have it, I, I had to learn on Twitter. Turn off comments from anybody who doesn't follow you. Right. I don't got nothing good to say. If they have something important to say, eventually they'll follow you. Right. I don't even see it. Um, on Same with, like, the DMs. Right. If you don't follow me, you go to a different mailbox I don't even see. I just right. like, once a, <laughs> once a week. And usually it's either hate, uh, nasty comments, Girl. or them little... Um, robots trying to get you to get a little uh small business yeah. collaboration that they're not gonna pay you about right right um so a lot of stuff like i just had to learn how to be out of sight out of mind because nobody at this this level is that bold to comment on my post mm-hmm. but i get a lot of stuff in the mail a mm-hmm. lot of crazy emails a lot of crazy because my email is in my bio right I get crazy emails and they'll send it from like a fake email account mm-hmm. <laughs> or um, the crazy DMs. I do get crazy DMs now and I just like or sub tweets or like people sending me screenshots of somebody's talking about me. Right. And I'm at the point now where I'm just like, I don't even care. Like, right. Don't send it to me. Yeah. Then you don't have to tell me actually. Like it's like that saying what somebody else thinks about me is none of my business. And that's exactly yeah. how I feel. And I've gotten to the point where I started shooting the messenger because it brought so much drama. Like yeah. after I hit that. 1,000 followers in a month growth mm-hmm. so much drama came and it was from people I knew and I was just like you know what like at this point why are they this comfortable saying it to you like that and that is really true <laughs> that's something that just not even in business in life you got to understand yeah like this um, my last interview for my last episode that comes out tomorrow. So <laughs> um, she was talking about her target audiences. Mm-hmm. And she said in her first business it failed, but she was saying that she had to learn that her friends and family were not always going to be her target audience because she was selling clothes for her first business. And she was like, you know, I sell clothes, everybody buys clothes, everybody wears clothes. So everybody should want to buy clothes. And she said that wasn't the case. And it shocked her, but she said it helped her learn. So when she evolved for this business, Mm -hmm. she did a lot better, excuse me, better um, because she wasn't worried about, you know, her friends and families being the ones to support her. Yeah. So, yeah. That's real. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, I have to say I I kind of I got kind of lucky like everybody <laughs> my friends and family do really support the waist bead movement. Same. Um yeah, so they're just like, "Oh yeah, you got new waist beads, you got new strands. Like what color is it this month on your website?" Like I love that. so they're I mean, they're just very into that. Now, yeah. like if I was selling like crystals or something, like yeah. that's a whole different target audience, mm-hmm. but like, my family would be like, okay, so... Especially you're from Georgia. Right. And they're like, they probably go to church and you're, stuff. So right. they probably be like, mm, Crystal, no. sage, I don't know. Is that devil worship? Yep. Like, yep. like so. no, it's not devil worship. But, but I like that your business is kind of... I like the idea of group fitness for you, definitely. Mm-hmm. Because it kind of focuses more on, like, wellness and women empowerment. And that's yes. what I kind of see when I see you. That, that's I the see whole that. goal. Yeah, like, that's I couldn't... My words like empowerment and like period I like body positivity Mm -hmm. I'm not ever trying to get somebody to be a size two right a size two like I walk around almost 200 pounds no you don't Cree I'm 197 right now 
I've lost 38 pounds since having my child. But people don't realize it because I'm tall. So, yeah. Yeah. So my, I carry my weight a lot differently. And I'm like, I've always been that Georgia yeah you always been thick like even before (laughs) you had the babies (laughs) I always you know I carry my weight well but I'm definitely walking around 40 pounds heavier than I used to but you look good thank you you're welcome. I'm, I'll make sure I, I post a, a post a picture of her on my um, Instagram so y'all can see this girl. Y'all not gonna believe she won ninety seven. I'm yeah. definitely ninety seven right now. <laughs> y'all gonna be like lies. I won't be in three months. Right. I just like I'm I've I'm losing baby weight still. Yeah. And I've been at home. <laughs> yeah, it's hard it's so to work out at home. Very. For me, it's hard. Like I, if I can go to the gym, and that's what I used to do before yeah. COVID hit. I would go to the gym on lunch break and work yep. out, get a good workout in, get a shower, go back to work, finish yep. the rest of my day, go home, take care of my kids. My, I used to eat at my desk beforehand and right. sometimes go work out on my lunch break. Right. But I don't. I love that my daughters like to be a part of my workout. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just need the peace of mind of having that alone time right. to get the aggression out to get my energy right to get those endorphins for me like, right because we're not going to talk about how you knock my uh heavy bag off the hook <laughs> <laughs> talking about getting the aggression out that is definitely a real of my page but it was hilarious it was but yeah no my kids sam and weston they like to work out when mm-hmm. their dad is working out yep. they don't really care about when i'm working out until i'm hula hooping and then all of a sudden they have a million questions and they're trying to run up to the hula hoop and like get knocked in the head but yeah i i love the aspect of just wellness and like embracing your femininity and i guess that's kind of probably because it also ties into like the idea of waist beads yeah people have told me to sell waist beads and i'm like i would yeah. never i have a waist beads lady <laughs> <laughs> All you will see is Kendra. I even throw your waist beads into a lot of my orders because yeah. I have so many. Yeah. And then like if it's laying around and I haven't touched it and I've never worn it, mm-hmm. then I'll be like, let me throw this into her order. Yeah. So I have like I'm about to ship out six packages and four of them have your waist beads in them. <laughs> so That's I crazy. Love that. Yeah. Okay, so tell us about some of the ways that you plan or actively plan to give back to the community. I have seen um, the stuff that you're already doing, but I want you to tell the listeners. So I have always been heavy into nonprofit organization work. Okay. Um, I grew up, like I said, with teenage parents, and they were big on mentorship because they were young, and they right. wanted to make sure I always had... When they weren't around, somebody with a good head on their shoulders leading me in the way that I should go. So from a young age, I've been a part of uh, like big sister, little sister type organizations or um, Girls Who Ruled the World by Marjorie Harvey. I used to volunteer with her. Um, So many. I can't even think right now. But right now, I am on the leadership board of Everyone Eats Foundation. Yes. And we have been helping in the West End um, since college. That was started at Georgia State University um, five years or four years ago. So it's really beautiful to see that it's still standing and we're still able to do stuff because we still don't have a building yet. So I can't wait for when we do have those roots. And that just makes everything a little bit easier. Um, we just fed a hundred families, right. uh, two weeks ago. And we're right now we've been building liberation libraries for the past month to 
place around the community um, for those give a book, take a book libraries. Right. I love those. Yeah, I love them too. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I've never seen them until college. Oh, really? So I used to be a trainer, of course, back in college. And I was in Buckhead one day mm-hmm. training somebody in their, um, their yard. And we were running up, up and down the hills in their neighborhood. And then I saw one and I was just like, is this a, like, are these books? Right. And she was like, yeah, grab one. And I was like, what? I just got free books sitting here in the middle of the neighborhood. She was like, they're all around here. And I'm like, I've never seen this in Clayton County. Yeah. So it was just beautiful because from that point on, I saw them all the time around Atlanta. Right. But you won't see them in our neighborhoods. And I and that's the whole initiative. Like, mm-hmm. we wanted to fill it with black books. We wanted it made by black hands. We built the bookshelves. Um we painted them. We got all the supplies for it. And now we're at the point where we're filling them and we're starting to place them around Atlanta. Right. And it's just beautiful to see like an idea come into a full, you know, fruitation. And I'm really excited about it because even when we're building them, the kids used to come by and be like, oh, what's this? Where the book's at? And mm-hmm. stuff like, because we're always at the Pyramid grocery store. Okay. And it's right in the middle of the community, and it's a food desert. There's no other grocery store yeah. around for two, three miles. And, you know, a lot of people in that community don't have cars. Right. So it's a lot to be able to hold groceries, and you're three miles from home, and right. you have to take a bus route. Like, on MARTA, yeah. that's time that you have to spend. That's a lot Plus of you time. you have to hold your groceries, and then you have to still walk to your home. Right. So it, it's just like, you know, trying to, to be the bridge for everyone to place things that they deserve in their community. But right. They're gentrifying the area. But oh, yeah. Fixing the problem. Oh, yeah. No, they're yeah. gentrifying the area. And then they're going to expect for the people who can't afford to live there anymore to find somewhere else to live. Exactly. The people that are moving there, they're, I mean, they're building the breweries. They're building right. the restaurants. But y'all ain't built uh, another grocery store yet. Right. So it's just like things like that. Like, you know, we're just trying to help how we can with right. things that are actually important. <laughs> Education, food, shelter, all of that's important. Y'all right. can build all the restaurants y'all want, but at right. the end of the day, these people can't afford that restaurant. Yeah. So it's hard because I see the pros of gentrification, but I see the cons too. Yeah. I don't like it a lot. Yeah. And it sucks because, you know, the people who built those roots and you have those historical black colleges down the street when mm-hmm. they were redlined. <laughs> In the 1950s and 40s and things, now they're having to deal with property taxes from people who didn't even let them move into those neighborhoods. Right. So, right. it's crazy. That is crazy. I, I love um, that you are open, though, about giving back. I think mm-hmm. that that's something definitely that sets you apart from a lot of other fitness influencers <laughs> that I've seen. But, like, and it's probably because, like, on a local level, I don't know too many. I just know, like, you know, the Massey Ariuses and, yeah. like, the Britney Babes. Like, I know them. Yeah, and, like, I don't them. see a whole lot of that. But I don't, but they don't really post stuff like that. Yeah. But like you do. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that but sets you apart for me. A long term, that's always been a goal for, for me to have was a fitness nonprofit. So I would love to see that happen. Give me like 10 years. My girl, my girl's got to be older for that. Yeah. And then I need to retire from my corporate job. And yeah. I would have to be full time entrepreneur to run a nonprofit because right. there's a lot that goes into it. It's a lot of work. Even me on a board and it's not I'm not the owner of the organization. I do a lot in my free time for it. So 
Right. So we've talked about all these things. The last thing, my last question on my list that I sent you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So how important is partnership and networking to you? Everything. Yeah. Every door that's been open for me was because of networking. Okay. Um, It's because, especially at Georgia State University, we partied a lot. We, I knew most of my major before going to school, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the biggest thing I learned, I took from GSU was the power of networking. Right. When somebody knows you and likes you, they'll bring you up into rooms that you didn't even knock on. Right. They, they will open doors that you weren't even trying to open. And literally everything for my growth in the past, probably four years since I got to my corporate job it's been because of somebody else, mm-hmm. and that's all networking. I go to events all throughout the year. Um, like, I love to go to... I'm a lifestyle influencer, so a big part of my life is natural hair. Right, yeah. Fitness um, and health and wellness. So I go to different events right. in different cities. I like to go to the natural hair show um, in Atlanta. I meet a lot of brands there. I get to literally meet the owners, the influencers, and get a bunch of stuff for either free or um, a very low price. Right. Because brands give out stuff. They have budgets for those type of events. Um, so you will get a lot of work at places like that. And I've been on TV for Camille Rose and, you know, different things like that. Just because of those types of events. Right. Um, and, yeah, I'll do that in Atlanta. Atlanta's a great place for it. Oh, I'm yeah. invited to, like, day parties for uh, launches for right. different items. Um, if, you know, if Nike's opening a new store, they Mm -hmm. want influencers to come like at Lennox Mall, they definitely hit up a group of people to promote it so that their fans and especially being an Atlanta personal trainer or Atlanta fitness influencer, they know if you say, Hey, meet me at Lennox at 8 PM at the Nike store. All of your people are going to come looking for you because Mm -hmm. they're a fan of you. You're almost like a celebrity Um, and brands see the impact in that. And you just have to, you know, know the game and make it work for you. Networking is everything. Network, even with people that you haven't seen before. I do it a lot on social media. Mm -hmm. I've met doctors and lawyers just because I follow them and I comment on it. There's stuff enough to the point where they comment back. Right. I know fitness influencers in other countries that I plan to travel to. Right. And they're always like, hey, when when you're here, hit me up. Right. That's how it was in Mexico for me. Like... So many people look out and they care about you all because of how you treated them. Right. And that's the power of networking. Yeah. So definitely do it. Always do it. And if you're afraid to do it, do it behind closed doors first. Yeah. Do it on your phone. Do it on social media. Do it on, you know, different types of environments until you're, you don't have the social anxiety to be able to walk into a room. Mm -hmm. Because I was just talking to one of my friends from Everyone Eats. She's the owner of it. And she literally said, she was telling me how she met Drake. Oh, okay. And she's a photographer. And she was like, if you walk into a room like you belong there, nobody questions you. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) she was like, I was 20 years old Mm -hmm. with the, I think it's called an A55 Sony camera. Like, I don't I'm not, I'm not big on Sony. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't, I don't shoot with Sony. I never have. (laughs) It's not an expensive camera. She was young and she literally didn't have her professional, professional equipment yet. Mm -hmm. But she said she was a part of the media team. Met Drake less than 24 hours later, personally. Thanked her for being there. Right. She was like, I'm just here. <laughs> this is my first time in Canada. Yeah. So 
it was just the power of having that confidence yeah. to feel like you belong. Other people will always recognize that. And they'll look out for you that much more. Yeah. So be confident and network. Yeah, networking always. is huge. And I like I just started the podcast, but um I've learned that I knew that before. Yeah. Like that's I learned that in college from being mm-hmm. at Savannah State. But starting this podcast by myself because you know I have my other podcast where I'm a co-host yeah Um, I don't really have to network too much for that one because it's me and my friend right but this one I have to network a lot because I have to get people to come on and talk with me Mm -hmm. about their experiences in business and I'm always trying to get like different types of business I don't want it to be like you said people don't like to see see the same thing they don't like to hear the same thing either so I'm always trying to get different guests with different perspectives and different types of businesses like my mom was like, she was like, who's in, who are you interviewing today? And I was like, I'm interviewing this girl named Cree. She's a fitness influencer. And she was like, what's a fitness influencer? <laughs> and I was like, well, you know. She, so I was explaining to her. And she was yeah. like, oh, okay. She was like, that's different. There's a link for everything. <laughs> right. Literally, <laughs> like, everything. And yeah. I'm always, so I'm always trying to get people on. Um, and I'm always trying to network because, like, you have 3,000 followers. I have only, like, 300 followers or something like that on Instagram yeah no definitely but but see again though before I was just posting waist beat pictures like that's a very like a small group of people like it can be a large group of people but like if I'm just talking about just waist beads and not talking about waist beads and wellness and all the things that come along with it then I'm only targeting that group of people so like and not only that you make a lot of jewelry I have one of your necklaces with me today so post that too like yeah um I don't know any catchy taglines, but you know, like <laughs> earrings Tuesday or, or, or you know, yeah. this is just, especially in, on your face too. People like to attach a face to the brand, even if you're not the face of your brand, like mm-hmm. I am with fitness. Right. I use my body, my face, all that stuff. It, it ties into my brand. But sometimes I notice people who do have like, um, because the way I was taught about selling was you either have a product or a service. Okay. Yours is pretty much both, mm-hmm. honestly, because wellness and waist beads do go together. Right. So you have the product and you have the service too. And sometimes people want to see a face behind it. Right. It just kind of makes it more like, okay, I'm buying from Kendra, not just Kendra's treasure chest. Right. Um, but that's just something I've learned long term with marketing and selling and stuff. Like people care about the person selling it to them right. as well. Right. And I think I've also learned that from my YouTube because my YouTube randomly started popping off. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't even posting consistently on there. I think it was just I, the I, content. I know the video, yeah. I yeah. I know the video where it was just like, I remember seeing your views before then and then after. I was just like, oh, snap. Like, yeah, like yes. one of my videos has like a, over a thousand views or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was like who's watching this but I mean so then I started posting more consistently and I was now like my subscribers have like it's gone up and I'm just like I I was at 150 like two weeks ago and now I'm like over 200 and I was like uh I said I was gonna do another giveaway box at 200 but I didn't think it was gonna happen this fast (laughs) so now I'm like okay what can I pull together for this box but Anyways, that's... They do what they want. Yeah. And they want the same box. Give them the same box. That's like, true. I had to learn that, too, because I used to post um, different workouts. Then I just asked my followers one month, mm-hmm. what workouts y'all want? They gave me a whole month of workouts. 
I didn't even have to do the hard work. I just asked what y'all wanted. Yeah. And I could have, like, I have no problem making up a workout and posting it. At this point, I don't even post the workouts no more because they don't want them. Right. Like, I don't know. People just don't work out in the fall. And I think Girl. that's a large thing. A lot of people get their summer bodies or summer vacations and they forget them. They fall off. Mm-hmm. My workouts aren't popping right now. So I'm posting one move, like the battle ropes I did. Right. I didn't even post a full workout. People only want to see the inspiration. They don't care about the workouts right, right. now. It's I'll, the down season. Yeah. It's I'll the post down workouts season. when they're ready for them. But the last time I posted a, a full body, a full workout, and it was a follow along style, mm-hmm. it didn't even get 50 likes. Really? That was the worst performing post all month. Really? That's crazy. And I haven't posted a workout since then. So I was like, okay, y'all don't want it. Right. So I guess like um, in my episode where I have with myself, I talked about things that I've learned and I talked about maximizing your downtime. Yep. So I guess this is probably your downtime. My downtime? I, I'm posting one move until they, right. they ask me to do otherwise. So what were you? What are you going to focus on in your downtime then? I'm in the gym again. Okay. And I'm, I have a personal trainer. So right. I'm not personal training right now and I can focus on myself. Right. Honestly, every now and then I might post the progress. Like mm-hmm. I posted my first day in the gym with the battle ropes. Um, I might post gym selfies, a lot of photo shoots. Right. Um, you post your Apple Watch competitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll post the uh, Apple Watch stuff, but a lot of stuff might be stretching and just ways to keep people inspired since I know a lot of people deal with um, seasonal depression. Right. I probably do like health and wellness posts and different, more like blog style posts, like giving information. Yeah. So I guess you'd be focusing more on your lifestyle then yeah. at lifestyle this point. Lifestyle would be heavier right now, especially holiday season. Yeah. I have a lot of holiday campaigns coming, a lot of giveaways and stuff. So my stuff won't be about workouts probably until getting close to January when mm-hmm. people want that new year. Year's new resolution, body. right. Yeah. That's that's so true. Read the room. Always, read, always the room. read the room, man. And it's sometimes like for me, I have a, a funny sense of humor. It yeah. just personally, uh, if you know me in real life, <laughs> so like it's always weird for me because I'm always trying to read the room. Like, and I'll like if I say something that I think is funny and nobody else thinks it's funny, I'm always like. I'll m- mumble under my breath like tough crowd, <laughs> right. like and I'm I'm laughing to myself, but everybody else is just like she is kind of strange. Mm-hmm. So, yep, read the room definitely. Well, Cree, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm ready thanks to do these me. reels with you uh, when we get off of the microphones. Um, I hope that your business flourishes. I hope that it grows. I know that it will grow because it's going to continue to grow, and we're not going to worry about these trolls out here. Period. At all. So, um, (laughs) it is still engagement, right? Oh, there was another thing. So, when I was in college, the mass con majors used to say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Mm -mm. So, if they're trolling, they're trolling because they're still hyping you at the end of the day. Every time that I pop off on Twitter, I sell at least $200 to $500 worth of equipment. Really? And I don't even drop the link. Yeah. I just be going ham and people care. Like, People, one, I notice they share the messy stuff. Right. I deleted. I'll tweet and delete something, but. <laughs> right. I tweeted and deleted something last night. <laughs> it happens, and we're young, and it's yeah. okay to honor our emotions in that moment. Mm-hmm. But I've told people all the time, every time somebody got something crazy to say about me, I make money off of it. Right. There's no such thing as bad publicity. people going to go find where's Coach Creep, who's recreated, right. and what's recreated.com. Right. Period. And they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna follow you because they're gonna wanna know the tea, they wanna yep. know the drama. Yep. All of that. One time this girl was talking about me, I didn't even know it. Uh her account was profile. Her account profile was private. 
my story views that day hit 10,200 impressions, I believe. And I was just like, where did I get this many? And I was looking at my story. Like, I went through my stories throughout the day. And I was like, why did all of a sudden I got 10,000 views? And right. I'm like, I'm studying. I'm like, okay, it wasn't like... Because I think I posted Pattern Beauty. And I was like, Pattern Beauty didn't even repost me yet. Why? Like, mm-hmm. I was really trying to do the math. Somebody from my high school finally sent me a screenshot. They were like, oh, she's talking about you. And I'm just like, okay, I was wondering why I just made $600. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what happened. Right. And um, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, I used to take it personally, but now I know I would rather God remove the snakes in the grass when I have 3,000 followers than when I have 3 million. Right. Period. Because I'm the type of person I wanted to take care of my whole hood. I always reach back. Yeah. But if y'all can't always take them with you. Yeah. Some politicians had to talk to me and be like, you got to let certain people go. I have to tell my husband that all the time. Because he is forever trying to bring his whole hood with him. And I'm like, And that was me. My husband had to tell me too. He was like, yeah, your circle is your circle for a reason. Right. You got to stop trying to reach back to people who weren't with you after Georgia State. Right. It's like, uh, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Like, he literally said that to me one day. Yeah. He was like, like, they were not with you shooting in the gym. They weren't. trying to collaborate with them and give them free stuff. And it comes and bites you in the butt every time. Yeah. Like, the people, the friends that I have made throughout my life, like, people are there with you through different phases. Yes. I don't have too many people that I reach back to from high school or from. Even from college, like I got a couple because I was in a, an organization in college, um, which was like dedicated to like community service and sisterhood. Yeah. And I do network with them. Yeah. But other than that, like I got like three or four friends. I tell people all the time, like I got really just got three friends. Like that's it. And that's all you need. Yeah. It, it really doesn't matter on the number. It matters about how they one, make you feel mm-hmm. and two, do your morals align. Right. The reason you still network with that specific organization from college is because it still aligns with who you are today. Right. A lot of times as we're growing and right now, like I'm, I'm doing the growth series, mm-hmm. there are growing pains and there's stuff that you outgrow. So there's a lot of people that you'll outgrow that were only supposed to be there for a season mm-hmm. and we want them there for a lifetime, but they were never meant to be there for a lifetime. Right. And that's okay. And I realized at 28 years old, I have to honor that and not be hurt when I do one outgrow you. Right. Or two, you know, you don't grow with me. Right. Because everybody, some people are okay with being stagnant, but I'm not. Right. So a lot of people, I realized I got a lot of negativity when um, I outgrew certain things. Right. I mean, because growing pains are not easy for you and they're never easy for people who are like trying to hold on to you. Yes. So... That, yeah. yeah, that's a lesson to be learned. <laughs> but if, like I said in my episode, I was like, um, it does, it's not gonna, it's not gonna uh, permit you to be around people who don't want to grow, especially if you're goal oriented right. and you're trying to get somewhere. All right, plug all your socials and plug your website. So, like <laughs> I said, I am Coach Cree on all platforms. Um, Recreated is my tag at R E C R E E. A-T-E-D. And you can also go to recreated.com to get any resistant bands. I have the glute bands, the long bands, and I'll have hoodies probably by the time that you hear this. So (laughs) definitely go check those out. And please follow me on social media. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will see you on the next episode.